Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One hundred integrous, Allison Shattuck. One hundred degrees. Your poor, corpulent husband outside, ripping up bittersweet from the roots. It's a lot of work. Man, I was definitely feeling it, man. That almost took me out today. But there it is. I got to get it. Oh, what's that nice? <laughs> can you just start the show over real Sounded quick? Sounded like a I can opening. To open so, my seltzer before show the show started. <laughs> p.m. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, honey. All right, so... Let me just get right to it. Let me get right to it, shall I? Mm-hmm. Um, the media's dead, certainly. Um, Joe Biden today flew into um, TF Green in Rhode Island and... Um, and um, Jill Biden flew into Tweed um, Air Base or Airstrip, whatever, in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And somebody in the media, actually, in New England, said to me, he can't attribute it to himself, but he said to me, hey, doesn't it seem odd that Joe's doing a climate thing and they're taking separate flights in, separate planes in, when they're like 100 miles apart? And... It was a great catch. Something I've written about. Remember I wrote about Michelle and Barack Obama flying mm-hmm. over to uh, L.A. To, to, for separate fundraisers but taking the flights? And it's a good it's a good hit, especially if you're preaching climate. Mm-hmm. Because you would think at some point that somebody would actually do something to perform out loud that they're actually afraid of climate. But nobody ever does. Maybe they're like you and they just can't stand to be on the same plane with their significant other for a flight that's not what it is i mean 
I can be in a plus they, they could both fit an Air Force One. It's a football field worth of stuff. <laughs> can, so and by the way, that's not not being not wanting to sit with you. That's not having anything to do with these kids on a flight. I will not. Mm-hmm. I cannot. I shall not do that. But so, so I mean, you'd figure at some point somebody, one of these rich people, would do something to show that they really give a damn. Like, uh, you know, during the pandemic, people were afraid and in more masks and in distance and did stuff because they actually thought they might die. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know. So, um, and there are times, you know, people do wear life jackets and seatbelts. They don't want to drown and they don't want to fly through the window, windshield. So, like, there is a certain amount of, because you believe in it. Mm-hmm. But these climate people, I mean, I don't see anybody drastically reduce their output at all. People claim they do, but they don't really. They just don't. But the media, well, especially has- the like super wealthy people, they absolutely don't, and they have like the most opportunity to because they <laughs> absolutely like do have an impact. They are some of the biggest offenders. Like they could even just reduce their consumption a small percent, but they don't. Right, and John Kerry was um, was asked about this a, a bit ago when he was, where was he, Iceland or something? <clears throat> and some guy asked him, "Hey, how come you're going?" all over the place and flying here for this and and you're not being you're not being um i'm trying to see if i have it here i think i have it is this it you said twice no uh john Kerry, Kerry climate blue hard Kerry, john Kerry, wind renewable john Kerry, carbon free this is impossible i just had it today i just played the damn thing today john Kerry. Iceland is the same. Anyway, Kerry was asked about why are you flying in here by some activist, whatever, and he said, "Well, if you're like me, you can do carbon offsets." Right, that's the only option. You can do carbon offsets. So, in other words, you're saving so much, but it doesn't matter because the the 28 room mansion that's on Martha's Vineyard didn't used to be there and now you've put it there and it's using lots of energy right you could also just buy the carbon offsets and not do the carbon right exactly too so that's also (laughs) an option if you just want to buy carbon offsets you can do that and then you cannot fly on private flights everywhere too that's also available but essentially they're just doing a tithing that's kind of the the, the Mm -hmm. climate change tithing so it makes it okay but none of them ever do anything they don't believe it i mean let's be honest they don't really believe it if that's the truth. On a Titanic, almost everybody believed it pretty quickly and was looking for lifeboats. Well, right. And I almost have more respect for like the celebrities that just blatantly don't give a flying F about any of it and just embrace that they're living their 1% life and it's fine. So like Kylie Jenner's in big trouble. People are calling her a climate criminal because... Um, she apparently, like, her flight logs from her private jet, which she bought for $72 million, show that she regularly takes flights of under 15 minutes, including some that are as short as three minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, bopping around California, wherever she goes, I don't know. Um, but, so she posted on Instagram, and people are mad at her, um, of her and Travis Scott, um going up to their private jets, and the caption is, you want to take mine or yours? And uh, people were not pleased with um, 
with this post. Somebody goes, why do I have to limit my meat consumption and use paper straws while the 1% gets to pump tons of carbon into the atmosphere for a day trip to Palm Springs? One comment reads. Uh, soon after, Twitter unearthed her plane's flight history and shows a habit of taking absurdly short flights. She hops in her jet to take flights that are regularly less than 15 minutes. A private jet like Kylie Air, which Jenner bought for $72 million right before the pandemic, can emit over two tons of CO2 and is five to 14 times more polluting than a commercial plane. She has yet to respond to the criticism or take the post down. Must be hard to hear from all the way up in the sky, Ooh. writes Mike.com. So... So she doesn't care. And she openly doesn't care, it seems. And uh, unlike John Kerry or Joe Biden, I don't see her showing up to it. I mean, I'm sure she endorses Democrats and whatever. But she doesn't go around giving speeches about how we all need to change what we're doing to save the environment because it's an emergency. Wait, drop everything. Right. It Get rid of your car. It's such an elite thing to do. And that's why it's so funny that, that these the Hollywood people actually, when they get up... After posing on a red carpet where everybody says you're pretty mm-hmm. and preening, saying, please look at me. Look at my all the beautiful things I'm wearing. Call me beautiful. Please call me beautiful. Take more pictures of me. After preening, they then go in and have free uh, you know, top shelf uh, booze, get awesome gift bags at the Oscars, and then win an Oscar for making pretend for a living, and then get up there and then lecture everybody else who's not in that room about how you need to be more green about things it's remarkable that right. they're looking down god they're just elitist dinks but anyway yeah so mike.com tweeted at her kylie there's people that are dying from climate change induced natural disasters see her jet is literally killing people honey right so so anyway toast just tweeted out something that was great uh, that just shows it's a what i'm getting back to is the media angle on this mm-hmm uh, Boston 25 News uh, did this write-up of Mayor Wu, mm-hmm. and it goes like this, the news piece. Within Mayor Wu's first few months in office, she signed her first ordinance to divest city funds from the fossil fuel, tobacco, and private industries, and has taken transformative steps to enhance connectivity in Boston while reducing greenhouse gas, gas emissions. Toast's um, comment is, geez, press release much, Boston 25? And that, of course, it totally is. Mm-hmm. And there should be somewhere right now in Boston, somebody destroying the Bidens for him doing this, taking Air Force One here where she's down the street. And somebody should be writing that somewhere. So I actually talked to an, an editor that I used to work with back at the Herald and told him about this. And he shot out what would be the splash headline right here. Big type mm-hmm. in the old Herald. Just plain shame. Biden's blow hot air on climate, burn fuel on separate jets. That's what it should say. Now, will that right. happen? Will we get that tomorrow? We should, it should have happened today. But will we get that tomorrow? I tend to doubt it. Unfortunately, the media is, there's nothing left of local media other than really Turtle Boy. So, I mean, <laughs> and a Facebook, um, Facebook community pages. Right, that's, yeah. That's that's where the real news is happening. Yes. That's uh, other than that then, you know, the news will go out there and cover house fires and uh, when the patriots uh, clean up a neighborhood for somebody and mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. But I do want to go over this thing in in um uh Sesame Park. Okay. Which is part of Sesame Street. And people I I have been leaving this alone until and this we're going to indict local media here again too because this is unbelievably believable. 
you guys probably already know. Maybe we mentioned it in passing. There was in Sesame Park in Philadelphia is like Sesame Street Park. All the Sesame Street characters, including a bunch of new woke ones that I don't really know. One named Rosita. I don't know. And they walk down the street. Part of it is a parade and this and that. So there's this picture, there's this video of these two little girls, two black girls, waiting to see Rosita, which is a big elbow like thing. Rosita comes by and is high-fiving some people, but seems to wave the girls off, say, no, 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 no. So so the the obviously people ran, ran to social media and said, ah, oh, this is obviously racism. Uh, mm-hmm. Rosita hates these two black girls because they're black and doesn't want it is mean to them. It's that simple because obviously you'd get into the um, Muppet business in Philadelphia because you're a white supremacist. <laughs> that's what that's where what, where the who draws. It's obviously absurd, whatever. And the the explanation is that a bunch of people were asking the big Muppet to hold their kids, and in and they were saying, and Rosita was saying, no, it can't can't hold kids sorry mm-hmm. and that she couldn't see the kids and that right. were really close to her because of the way the costume is usually you're like looking out right. the mouth of those things and it's like impossible to see anything unless it's like right in front of your eyes exactly so it's become a thing obviously not surprisingly and so here's a little bit of Here's a little bit of like some of the uh, coverage. Sesame Place Philadelphia will be conducting bias training after an alleged incident of racism happened at the park. Video posted on Twitter shows two young black girls waving at a performer in a Rosita costume. Rosita high-fived park goers while walking down the line, but appeared to shake her head and wave off the two black girls. I love whoever picked the music. I mean, what a drip <laughs> The video drew outrage online with more people sharing similar instances of black children being ignored. In a statement, Sesame Place apologized for the incident and said they're, quote, committed to making this right. A lawyer representing the family said they're investigating the incident and will take legal action if needed. Right. Yeah. In other words, they're taking legal action and they're going to make Sesame Place pay to make amends for doing something that was nothing wrong because it was, they found video that's scaring the hell out of everybody under 45 in Sesame Place corporate office or SeaWorld corporate office, whatever it is. And so everybody's going to do the wrong thing. So that's fine. That's It's ridiculous, pathetic, whatever. Then they showed other people share videos, other whatever. Rosita, the stupid effing Elmo doll, is not racist, okay? It, obviously, on his face, it, we should know. But then from some, and actually they spoke to, um, they spoke to um, uh, the mother of one of the girls. The fact that this even happened, the fact that this was even going to be a core memory for them um, when it comes to Sesame Place is actually disgusting and unbelievable to me. Right. Who think, who do you think told her the core memory thing? That is the uh, law team, I would say, probably told her to do the core memory thing. But uh, it's only going to be a core memory if you make it a core memory. Yes, and you think that's going to be happening? <laughs> yes, that is going to be happening. So then, so then, W um, Fox sixty one in Connecticut somehow is involved now, and I don't know how, but Fox sixty one got themselves involved and listen to the, this. Listen how they how they position this and tie this whole thing in. This is not in Connecticut. Nobody involved is in Connecticut. But they're making it about Connecticut. 
As a black mother of two, Kamora Harrington says seeing videos like this pop up across social media makes emotions high. And as a child of the 70s who knows how incredibly important Sesame Street is, I'm kind of heartbroken. But she says she's not shocked. Knowing that parents thought that they were going to ch give their children the children's television workshop experience, and instead they got to experience proud boys and racism and rejection. <laughs> what did they get to experience instead of the children's television work workshop experience? Racism and rejection. Proud boys and white supremacist experience. Now, um, that seems like a bit of a stretch, of course, because it is. And that's a remarkably psychotic thing to say, that they saw the uh, Proud Boys and the other thing, because that never nobody saw any Proud Boys or anything like that. This is just... First of all, there's like under 100 Proud Boys total. <laughs> like, there's just not that many of them. And I don't think they work at Sesame Place. Mostly. Hold on one second. Feel you know, so, uh, but the whole thing is ridiculous. Now more people have been posting videos. I, I think that, you know, if we're going to start playing this game where the workers in these parks are constantly on camera for every moment they're caught not paying enough attention to a black person, and then you're going to have even fewer people who want to do these jobs. I assume that they, like everybody else, are in a struggle and a crunch to get workers, right? You're just going to kill off the parks anyway if you're going to make all the people that work in them into, like, into some kind of bad guys, right? <clears throat> and this constant... This this urge we have now to like videotape every interaction mm -hmm. to try and catch somebody in something is so toxic and unhealthy for our society that it's it's hard to even like explain how much damage it's done to the public trust. As I speak to the person who started videotaping an interaction in town recently, but well, I that mean, was an a cost uh, in progress. There was no doubt. That's basically what happened to those girls, honey. <laughs> Same thing. Bending down to the ground to put on your shoes is kind of a pain. Until now. Introducing new Skechers slip-ins. Hands-free technology for Everything? your footwear. Okay, just step in and I'm just looking, what I've been looking for here to make easier. a goddamn Plus, sense of this thing washable. is somebody's name, that woman's name that we just heard. And now I finally got it. Now, I'm sorry, it was very unprofessional. Now, my dying poor computer, I'm going to put the name here because I'm going to make a point. So, so I'm going to play this audio again and I want you to... Want me to? I want you to... Um, yes, I want you to listen to something. I want you to listen to the sound that I just played of that woman. As a black mother of two, Kamora Harrington says seeing videos like this pop up across social media makes emotions high. And as a child of the 70s who knows how incredibly important Sesame Street is, I'm kind of heartbroken. But she says she's not shocked. Knowing that parents thought that they were going to ch give their children the children's television workshop experience, and instead they got to experience proud boys and racism and rejection. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know why Kimora of Hartford is in this, but how was she positioned by the reporter? A black mother of two? Exactly. As a black mother of two, Kimora is a renowned Hartford activist. 
renowned. She runs Kimura's Cultural Corner. She does all sorts of... She deals in race, shockingly enough. Her Twitter bio, bio is biracial young old dyke mom because God's got jokes and, of course, cultural humility is what I do. So I think Kimura is more than just a black mother of two. Well, and obviously it's funny that the, the reporter chose to frame her that way because obviously it's about... That's why she ran out to Kamara to get a quote is because she's an activist and I'm yes. sure she has like a relationship with the reporter, which that's like what sure. reporters do. They have like a Rolodex of people that, you know, talk about certain issues like, oh, I need a quote about the racial incident at the park. Like, I know a person who opines about race stuff. I'll go call her up. Right. That's like what it is. Even when I was doing like a bunch of Republican activism stuff, like the reporters at the local paper would call me you know even though it has nothing to do with me about like trump is doing this what's your take as a like republican mm -hmm. activisty person who's local right like and that makes sense and that's fine for the reporter to go talk to an activist to get her take but the reporter at the local paper didn't then turn around and say like Totally uninvolved and casual observer, mom of four, Alice Shattuck says that, like, they, because that would be a dishonest framing, right? right. And that's that's the <clears throat> issue there, right? So if you'd want to do something, this is activism on behalf of Fox sixty one. If you'd want to do a, a legit story on this, then maybe you'd talk to a bunch of local moms and get a consensus of what moms feel. You could do that, do a bunch of men on the street, but she didn't. She went and talked to Kamora. Now, she also talked to Dr. Javid Sukera, Chief of Psychiatry at Hartford Hospital. Listen to this. This is why not only are we in trouble in this country because we have a mental health problem, but the, the, um, the people supposedly in charge of mental health are dangerous. Dangerous. And, and malevolent. And this is, I never heard of this guy, Dr. Javid Sukera, Chief of Psychiatry at Hartford Hospital. So let's take his, <clears throat> if we're going to make this about Connecticut somehow, tie it into Connecticut, <laughs> let's get his um, take on what's going on here. When young people, particularly young black kids, uh, receive messages from society that uh, doesn't affirm who they are and are made to feel smaller or ignored or less than, that accumulates as a form of chronic toxic stress, witnessing it is a form of vicarious trauma, which is why it's so important for us to name this kind of racism, to name the racial trauma that results from it, and focus on changing systems and structures while we support healing. Is racism and systems and structures, are those psychiatric terms? Uh, I would say not. But every, every field, especially like highly credentialed highly academic fields like medicine mm -hmm. have been completely colonized by this movement yes like complete takeover right and i was at our doctor's office recently that i won't name um that's a lovely doctor's office and i love our pediatrician and i've never brought up any of these issues to her in a million years but the office was so full of trans stickers flags hearts pride this that the other so affirming like everywhere in the pediatrician's office it was wild i mean and well, they're in a very they're in a very liberal town this pediatrician's office so it doesn't honestly shock town. Me. it's an illiberal town okay 
fair. But um, a very, very progressive town. Mm-hmm. So I assume, just like Melrose, they're like flooded with tons of of whatever they're called, non-binary kids and trans kids and whatever else. Because virtually every progressive activist that we knew from Melrose now has Mm -hmm. trans kids, including, by the way, Congresswoman Catherine Clark, who was arrested yesterday. She now has a trans kid, too. They're all like, it's literally everybody. It's... And I assume that some of the, like, drawings that doctors have on walls now are drawings that kids draw about their transness because that's everything. And mommy makes, makes mommy happy when they say that they're trans. Yeah, I just saw another thing, too. Um, I had recently met the guy who's running for state rep, too, in our area up here, Mm -hmm. who's a Republican, and he was great. I chatted with him. Um, He seems to be getting, like, a lot of across-the-aisle support, too, just based on, like, the houses that I'm seeing signs at, which is awesome. So then I was, like, checking out the Facebook page, the campaign Facebook page of the woman he's running against. They're both from North Andover, but she's, like, posting on her page about how excited she is to bring her kids to Drag Queen Story Hour and Mm. how it's so great for them to see and, like, that they, you know, loved all the rainbows and it was so magical and wonderful. Like, I mean... And as far as I know, I don't know if her kids are trans or what, because I only just looked her up like today. But it's just wild to me, like all these people buying into this. But it's so the thing to do now that it's infected like every single discipline, every single. That's why I like I I don't know if you can with like laws get the critical race theory out of schools or out of whatever. Like it has to be a cultural shift. This guy's the head of psychiatry. Right. For the Hartford Hospital. What the are you going to do? How can you possibly... That means everything they do is now malpractice. Right. You can't trust anything. This is this is insanely irresponsible. When young people, particularly young black kids, receive messages from society that uh, doesn't affirm who they are and are made to feel smaller or ignored or less than, that accumulates as a form of chronic toxic stress, witnessing it, is a form of vicarious trauma. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Which is why it's so... Vicarious trauma, which means everybody who saw the racist act of not hugging them by the Elmo person is also uh, traumatized. Traumatized now. So uh, there's all sorts of trauma happening. For us to name this kind of racism to name the racial trauma that results from it 
and focus on changing systems and structures while we support you. That is a madman. That is a madman. <laughs> I mean, All the racism not... that happens, systems and structures that happen, you have to name the racism. Isn't the Elmo like... kid, who as far as we know could be black, the Elmo kid just missed hugging somebody. A lot of people didn't get hugged that day. A lot of people. I, you know, I was saying earlier, like I used to go to Fenway Park in the early 80s and try to get autographs. And you'd have to wedge in there because all the kids were leaning over or whatever and try to get in there and fight for a space. And you might get one and you might not. And, you know, at Fenway. Well, I would like to see a full racial analysis of who got those autographs and who didn't and make sure that the players signing balls make sure they're being. Sometimes in life you don't you don't you don't get it. Sometimes Alma doesn't hug you, you know, but (laughs) it's fine. Oh, it's a racist thing because these are two black girls. Wait a second. There were all sorts of people. Not everybody got a hug from Elmo. Do you really think that somebody's going around and saying, I'm not, you know what? I'm not hugging black girls today. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't think, by the way, that uh, you would get very far at Sesame Place in Philadelphia if one of your MO was not to interact with black children. Only white Aryans. <laughs> that's what I mean. You'd be walking a long time alone, I think, in that particular parade if that's that's what was your criteria I mean, for hugs. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And that's why they have to resort, though, to the systems, right? Because it's so clear that to say that this person did something wrong is so insane that you have to say that there was, like, some magical system in the air. And, like, does this not... Does a psychologist's speech not sound like some kind of weird religious ritual? It's so important to name the racism. We must name this toxic force pervading our society to remove its power from... It's like some weird religious ritual. Like, we must recite the name. We must say the words, Black Lives Matter. But he's using the exact same rhetoric, the exact same mantra... That politicians use, that these lawyers use, everybody. They use the exact, they're reading off the same sheet of music. Like, you're right, it is. It's a script. It's the it's the codified script of woke activists. And that has to be, you know, interweaved through everything. It's freaking weird and gross. Jesus, I don't trust, I trust. When they're not affirmed in who they are as people, like, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine. I mean, but this... And it's so interesting to to me because it is such a new concept. This idea of like affirming children's like inner identities that they have. This sort of putting right. on a pedestal of like the magic of childhood in a way that's like a Michael Jackson way of putting on a pedestal the magic of childhood. They're just mm. gender queer unicorns that love to be playful and childlike. What could possibly be wrong with that? Look, the nice drag queen also loves unicorns and being playful and childlike. What a magical, wonderful rainbow place. Like... It's a very uh, Neverland Ranch or whatever kind of like weird thing that like these adults need to like be in on the child's self-perception in a weird sort of way that that I find odd. Michael was more honest. <laughs> Want to go in the hot air balloon? Well, okay. Michael liked hanging with the kids. He was more honest. So do the drag queens. Yeah, apparently. but there was no Michael Jackson story hour. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there could have been at certain points in yeah, time, but that's not how it was built. It wasn't. We're going to Michael's to put to to uh, to have him read to us. Here's um here's um this woman named Leslie Mack, who's related to the mom that we heard, who's also 
an activisty kind of person who also has got like 80,000 Twitter followers who works for some kind of media company. I also want to address all of you white um, devil's advocate head um, the devil doesn't need any advocates. And unless you are a stakeholder in... Stakeholder. <laughs> it's okay, Tom, breathe. All the same terms. Stakeholders, stakeholders. SeaWorld, which owns Sesame Place, I do not know why you feel the need to invalidate the experiences of young black children. Who- That's not their experiences. It's the experiences you're downloading into them. That's what's happening. Yeah. Elmo didn't hug them. That's that's it. Who, frankly, were traumatized by this instance and your dismissal of their experience um, is white supremacy. Don't do that. Do better. There you go. <laughs> yep. Do better. You do, do better. Do the it's, work. It's yep. Your dismissal that it's white supremacy. It's white supremacy. Of course, these two little girls. One ice cream cone later would have forgotten that it ever happened, but they're not going to because Mommy and uh, and Leslie and the Shrink all need to make a big production out of this because... And the attorney, obviously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, so there you go. Poor and Sesame they're, Place. They're, in views, they're accusing Elmo, whatever, of, of, of hurting this these children when, of course, they're the ones hurting these children. Of course, um... I feel bad for Sesame Place because it's like they innocently put out this little statement at the beginning of all this brouhaha that happened saying like, we of course value all the diversity and our person didn't mean to do this and is horrified that this happened and we want to offer you free tickets and da 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 all this stuff. Our brand, our park and our employees stand for inclusivity and equality in all forms. That is what Sesame Place is all about. And we do not tolerate any behaviors in our parks that are contrary to that commitment. We also are and have always been committed to making sure every family and every child has the best possible experience at our parks, and we are incredibly disappointed when that does not happen. Regarding the incident yesterday, the costumes our performers wear sometimes make it difficult to see at lower levels, and sometimes our performers miss hug requests from guests. The performer portraying the Rosita character has confirmed that the no hand gesture seen several times in this video was not directed to any specific person. Rather, it was a response to multiple requests from someone in the crowd who asked Rosita to hold their child for a photo, which is not permitted. The Rosita performer did not intentionally ignore the girls and is devastated about the misunderstanding. We spoke to the family and extended our apologies and invited them back for a special meet-and-greet opportunity with our characters. We apologize to these guests for not delivering the experience they expected, and we commit to do our best to earn their and all guest visits, uh, to earn their and all guests' visits and support. So, and I can tell you right now, this was written by someone who does... Is a believer. No, I would say, well, is a believer, but I would say is an older school believer. This is somebody from the old liberal movement Mm-hmm. that doesn't get it and doesn't have the new words because they made a number of mistakes in there. Do you want me to start sure. telling you? And they innocently put out this statement, I think, and thought this was going to like solve their problems. Yes, they thought they would go the path of the truth. Yeah, and you know, and trying to be nice and do everything, go above and beyond to make the upset guest happy. Like this is from the old school, make the customer the customer is mm-hmm. always right approach to like we're so sorry, let's take care of this for you. We're giving you the free uh, everything, but they just I feel like they didn't. First of all, 
they use the word equality and not equity. Mm-hmm. And as any activist will tell you, those are not the same thing. Equality means, as they state later in the thing, all guests should get a good experience at our park. Mm-hmm. Equity means you have to make extra certain black guests get a really good experience because in the past they haven't had a good experience in life in the United States and Sesame Place, you are partially responsible for that. They didn't state that Black Lives Matter affirmatively in the statement. Uh, they did not. Uh, they even kind of all lives mattered it because they said that all guest experiences matter and not like. So if I were a believer in equity and one of these new people trained on Ibram Kendi and all this stuff, I would first writing this statement tell them they have to say that they are aware of the systemic injustices faced by people in the United States Mm -hmm. and they're aware that um, as a part of a franchise that's been a part of, you know, bringing diversity into media, that they have an especially important role to play in making sure that they meet the expectations of guests of color and BIPOC (laughs) and uh, historically underrepresented people, that they recognize that Sesame Place is a place with important meaning to people of color and that they have a responsibility to do better than this and to acknowledge their part in systemic racism in the past and make it a better experience for people of color in the future. I'm telling you, you, Alice, so far, I know that you're you're taking the part of the PR person here. I am I am trans and feeling left out of this so Mm -hmm. far. So you better do some more inclusivity in your note. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Like, yeah, you have to say like LGBTQ2SIA plus BIPOC. And uh, first person peoples. Right. Um, And that, you know, but they need to go through. And a bunch of people were saying like they didn't really apologize. They just apologized that the people had a bad experience. They didn't apologize for this action. Which resulted in Sesame Place writing another apology. Mm Mm-hmm. We sincerely apologize to the family for their experience in our park on Saturday. We know that it's not okay. We are taking actions to do better. We are committed self-flagellate, 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 whip, whip, whip. We are committed to making this right. We will conduct training for our we will conduct training for our employees so that they better understand, recognize and deliver an inclusive, equitable and entertaining Here we experience. Go. There's the equity. Right, to our guests. This is when they got the consultant on board. Yep. For over 40 years, Sesame Place has worked to uphold the values of respect, inclusion, and belonging. We are committed to doing a better job making children and families feel special, seen, to mm-hmm. make them feel seen and yeah, included. they definitely got the co- consultant involved by the second statement. Oh, God. Oh, how to- terribly bleeping lame. Uh, <sighs> No, I mean, that's, like, the only advice I can offer any company that, like, gets attacked by these people. I mean, if you're the type of company that wants to bow to them is, like, don't think that putting out a normal statement that your 50-something PR person wrote up is the way to handle this anymore nowadays. But they're there. They were cajoled and bullied into pleading guilty. And what do you get for pleading guilty? I do not have any next steps to share with you. Feel free to do what you want. Uh, our family has retained a lawyer, and um, we'll be pursuing things that way. There you go. Congratulations. You can say sorry all you want, but you better say it in American dollars. <sighs> Reparations. Sesame Place style. So, uh, yeah, that is where we are. But, I mean, I just I just think, I mean, okay, fine. I mean, 
How stupid are we gonna ha- make? The, how stupid is this country gonna be? I don't th- see how we can be any more stupid. We're, we're we're peak stupid at this point. It's ridiculous. Fucking stakeholders, Jesus, kill me. Uh, all right, um, should we go to the chat chatters or something else? We gotta go drive a kid to uh, to um, to softball. Um. Something you want to, go ahead. You can bring something up. Oh, I did want to mention quickly that um, big news for sports fans. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the stories. Big news for uh, sports fans. Fans of Quidditch are now fans oh, right. of Quadball, the new name for the real life sport that was first inspired by the Harry Potter book series. U.S. Quidditch and Major League Quidditch announced the name change Tuesday as well as their own rebranding as U.S. Quadball and Major League Quadball. The groups announced their intention to find a new name for the sport in December, citing uh, Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling's anti-trans positions. In addition to distancing themselves from the author, organizers hope the name change will give the sport more opportunities to grow and not be inhibited by the trademark for Quidditch being owned by Warner Brothers. So win-win. Bringing full creative control of the name of our sport to the vibrant community of players and fans that has grown and sustained it will allow our organizations to take the next step, MLQ co-commissioner Amanda Dallas said in a statement. We are now able to pursue the kinds of opportunities our community has dreamed about for years. Okay, that's fine. All right, there's Quidditch. That's great. Well, how about this? How about the fact you mean that quad the, ball. How about the fact that also the game doesn't exist and you infantile uh, <laughs> pussies are making pretend that you have zondel gags and ziggle bops, and none of them are really happening. They may in, rename in slumble, the balls too. There, slumble floofs. It doesn't matter. None of that exists. Your children, your children. Which brings me exactly to this piece in the New York Post saying stroller patrol at bars sparks debate. Why not take your kids to a strip club if you're going to take them to the bars we're hanging out? Because all the millennials and zillennials are salty because parents are going to the bars, <coughs> breweries, you know, nice bars. Uh, where where these kids want to hang out. The reason I would say that we're going to the bars is because you guys are a bunch of pansies and pussies, and you don't know how to use a bar right. You get flights of crappy, bark-tasting, shitty craft beer, and um, you, you don't know how to carouse properly. You dudes are not hitting on the chicks like you should be. Um, it, there is not a shot of Jaeger flying around anywhere. You don't know what you're doing in your pansies. I mean, is so it we're going into the bar. Nighttime? We're going into the bar. Um, because also you also suck at tipping. So the people who run the bar want us in there with families because they know that mom and dad, not the Shattucks, of course, we would never drink in front of our kids, but others are going in there and having a few beers and having a good time and are going to tip big. So you guys suck. That's why we're in there. I hate to be Kathy Bates on fried green tomatoes. I'm older and I have better insurance, but that happens to be it. You guys suck at bars. That's why we're doing that. All right, chat, chat time. Ready, Sally? Okay. Alice? No, actually, I got to get to David Hogg. Speaking of useless, this generation sucks so much. <laughs> there was a House Judiciary hearing on guns. David Hogg got up and decided to try to revive his career as a bitchy, um, as a bitchy propagandist uh, activist. Iterating the points of mass shooters in your manifesto. The shooter at my high school, anti-Semitic, anti-black, and racist. The shooter in El Paso described it as an invasion. Guess what? Those guns are coming from the United States of America. That's his point. Those guns are coming from the United States of America. Guess what? You know that's why you need to do something. They are coming from Mexico. They are not coming from Mexico. Mexico. How about the guns in Ukraine? No, no, Where are those coming, coming from? David? The best thing is he says those guns are coming from the United States of America. They are coming from Mexico. 
Um, they are not coming from Mexico. From the United States of America. They are coming from Mexico. They are not coming from Mexico. You are reiterating the points of a mass shooter, sir. Sir, you are from... Oh, fucking loser kid. Dude, what, what's, where's the pillow company? Where's my, where's the pillow? Loser. He stepped away from the pillow company. He stepped away. That kid is a, he's an idiot. He goes to Harvard. He is in, in, He's got a tiny, tiny brain <laughs> to, the, to the extent that I worry about him. He was not at the shooting. He's an opportunist and a little bitch. Sorry, that's the truth. Okay. Shout chat time. Shout chat time. Okay. Da-da-da-da. Hey, Tom. Um, I bet you won't guess what I had for lunch. They have the meats. Oh, boy, it was delicious. Oh, that is Arby's, right? We have the meats. That's our right? so. Horsey sauce, beef and cheddar, nothing better. Nothing <clears throat> better. What was your uh, thoughts on um, AOC and the rest of her uh, buddies pretending to be arrested at um, some demonstration? And she was wearing like a coat. Like, it's like nine. It was like 90 degrees. Yeah, actually, we just missed this. We had talked about that last night. So you just missed that one. Hey, Tom and Alice. Hey. This is Allison from Ohio. Hey, Allison. Hi, Allison. And Michael, too. But he's being very quiet. Hey, Michael. Hey, did you friend Allison? I didn't. You sent me the screenshot. Got a friend, Allison. Okay. Not Michael. We have a question for you. Yes. We were listening to some Oasis. Ah! You were, they were listening to what? Oasis. Oh. Ugh. Okay, Allison. I'm unfriending <laughs> Allison today. And we were wondering if you named your daughter Sally after the Oasis song. Oh, t- how Don't dare Turn you. Back in Anger. How dare you? Where they talk about how dare So you. Sally Can Wait. Anyway. So Sally Can Wait. I want to be John Lennon, but we're talentless. I effing hate Oasis, Allison. You're so sweet and nice, Allison. I'm sorry to, to use my ma- mad voice. I hate Oasis. That is not an Oasis song, really. That's, um, um, um... Out of college, money spent, see no future, pay no rent, all the money's gone, nowhere to go, boom, boom, boom. It's a ripoff of a Beatles song. Everything they do is a ripoff of a Beatles song. They pretty much admit it. They wanted to be the next Beatles. I hate them. I hate Oasis. No, we named our daughter Sally despite them. My grandmother had a friend named Sally, and what what other reason was it? I don't know, because all the other names were taken. (laughs) We know you haven't been to a concert in a really long time, and we think you should change that. Mm -hmm. Hmm? Maybe. I'm going to go with Tom to see Scorpions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should I say that? You said it. So, <laughs> this is a good couple. And she calls him Michael. See that? She loves him, Alice. I, would, <laughs> I wonder, call what, you what, Tom. What must that? No, but she's calling you. No, she says it in a loving way. Once you go to see Scorpions with Tom, he might have sent a late night drunken message about that. Which Tom never responded, but that's okay. Is that true? It was creepy. Yeah. <laughs> if he would have sent it to Alice, she never would have responded either. <laughs> anyway, keep it real. Here I, thank you, Allison. Isn't she sweet? I love Allison. And that notice Michael back in the back seat there, just barely piping up. Um, I respect the Scorpions, obviously. Rock you like a hurricane. Um, th- that song "Winds of Change" was really that was right as I was graduating. That was really a kind of a. A huge and important song it was really about the fall of the Iron Curtain, or it happened coincided with the fall of the Iron Curtain. You know the song, "Take Me to the Lonely Nights," 
It's a beautiful song. You know the song anyway. I can tell you. We'll play it tomorrow. How about that? Okay. So um, are you going to go to Ohio to see the Scorpions? If, I, if there was an outdoor venue where I could have plenty of room around with my own bar near it, or a bar that was hardly populated, is a chance I would. I would certainly never see Oasis ever. I hate them. I have always hate. I have personally hated the Gallagher <laughs> brothers since 1994. Since I went into a to Boston to apply for a job at a restaurant and I read a USA Today story about this band who wanted to be the next Beatles and I thought oh that's interesting want to be the next thought oh they're idiots and then I heard their music and I thought oh my god everything they're doing everything they're playing is stolen chord progressions from the Beatles and I knew that cuz that's every song I wrote back then was stolen from the Beatles and then, so I was angry at them and then they got famous and I was angry at them more I don't want to talk about Oasis <sighs> that went that went south quickly and Allison we just she was so nice too Hey there, uh, Bill from Accounting. It, Bill? Uh, it's a Wacky Wednesday, so wear your wackiest shirts. I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Boy. I don't. Howdy, I love Hawaii. I don't miss um, schlocky office stuff. We're doing something now in my place where we're like, somebody's got a jar of Skittles and we're, we're counting, whoever gets the closest in the county. <laughs> I would. My work does stuff like that too. Uh, it's like, should I should I do an educated guess of how many skittles, or should I just hang myself? <laughs> Could go either way. I had to do a Zoom oh, Christmas party this year. That is a wealth of Brimley. I will call on behalf of Liberty Medicals, one of Tom Shacks there. But, uh, they got a good deal on testing strips, and they might not be uh, anything at all with his insurance. Well, well, the testing strips. If you're my pregnancy? Diabetes. I Diabetes, think. yeah. I think I, well, well, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I don't know, though. Hi. Steve from Aramac. Well, well, well. This is a message <laughs> for President Brandon Shattuck of the Burn Barrel Podcast. <laughs> I can handle it when you attack me viciously and savagely in an unprovoked manner for days on end. Unprovoked, please. I can I handle like it when you... Go ahead. I don't like when you start feuds with people. I don't like. I like people to be happy and at peace with each other. Why are you mean to Steve and Merrimack? You backstabber. Why are you mean? I don't like all this negativity. It's very upsetting. You step back in line. Can't everybody just get along? I can handle it when you accuse me of being an acolyte of a failed New York film critic who's also a part-time shoplifter. Correct. And I can actually handle it. (laughs) Is he? Rex Reed? (laughs) When you constantly besmirch my precious Merrimack as somehow the Tigris and Euphrates of serial killers and fat Ugandan dictator (laughs) despots. But what I cannot handle... I mean, this is an outrage. What I cannot handle is being accused of being the author of a second ponderous post from inside Bristol County, Massachusetts. I mean, this is worse than 9-11, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I am from Essex County, Massachusetts, where brevity is the soul of wit. Thank you. Uh, Strong letter to follow. Wow, Alice, that is pretty much Essex County, Massachusetts, also the birthplace of one mm-hmm. Saddam Hussein, as a matter of fact. <laughs> it's weird because we're in Essex <sighs> County is... right now as well. <laughs> and... to follow. Uh, excellent. <sighs> well done. Thank you, everybody. As always, keep those messages coming. Chat Chat has been on a roll lately. That's at burnbarrelpodcast.com. If you want to go uh, record a message, there's a red button there you can use to record. 
You can also send us an email, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com, uh, at burnbarrelpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. Uh, anywhere else you'd really like to listen. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a positive review. Say la vie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.